Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. And don't forget, we've got Rhino in studio today. You can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us too on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I'm not alone in the studio today. You'll also see that Rhino put us up a good little emblem for our sixth anniversary. I guess we've decided it's anniversary. It's not birthday. Um, but yeah, so six years of bringing you the good things. I did the math. That's right at 1500 episodes. So you guys, uh, Chris and Beth are like 1561, I think, or something. Cool. <laughs> uh, not all of those are necessarily live, but if you take, uh, anyway, well, math is hard. We're not going to do that today. Um, but we're having you back, uh, Chris, Chris Baker. He's with the Scott County Chess Club. Beth, you're a first timer. So welcome, Beth Thrasher. She's a member of Mississippi Chess and an avid chess player. And every time I talk to you, Chris, I keep learning more and more about the beauty of the game of chess and then also the growing interest that we have here in our state. So welcome back. Thank you. Thank and welcome, you. Beth. Okay, uh, Beth, I know Chris's semi-story into chess. What is the best story into chess? Because I feel like most folks, and you may, I may be wrong, <laughs> don't just grow up in a house that introduced them to chess. Well, actually, Actually, I, I did. I got well, it wrong. Well, <laughs> but it was very casual. So my father is a Vietnam vet, and he had and he had brought back from Vietnam um, a carved out of quartz chess set made oh, cool. in big, heavy pieces. And as a child, I was always fascinated by this set. And so he taught me how to play. But then that that was my exposure. I knew how to play. I knew how the pieces moved. I knew what a checkmate was. Fast forward 30 years, you know, and I'm a teacher in, in South Jackson and I get bored one day and I, I had I had done the same thing. I had shown my son and my daughter at, you know, three years old, four years old how to play. But I, that's it's like the equivalent of someone teaching how to dribble a basketball and throw it at a hoop. Right. So I'm a teacher in South Jackson. We get kind of bored one day at the end of the year. So who wants to play chess? And I just bust out a chess board from somewhere. And me and these high schoolers start playing chess, and I really kind of got reinvigorated, teaching, showing them, and I discovered that the Capital City Chess Club existed. My seven-year-old son at the time was accompanying me to my high school practices for for the chess club that eventually uh, burgeoned. And when my seven-year-old was able to sort of, you know, win against the high schoolers, he got really excited, and then he started beating me. So I said, (laughs) I I need to find some people who know more about this game. Found the Capital City Chess Club around 2016-17 that meets um, now in Pearl. It used to meet at North Park Mall, but now the Pearl Mall. And that's where everything just took off. That's where, you know, somebody pulled the – that's what you can do with chess. You can pull a curtain back and say, go behind this curtain and go as far as you want to go into your discovery of what this game can do and what it can be. 
And so we started. And who can play it? I think that's the cool part. Like, and we, we, we had a three-year-old girl in diapers come to our chess camp at Dogma Tavern last year in diapers, just on her knees, moving the pieces. You know, her mother was a master level player, but but you can teach a child as young as three or even younger simply how pieces move and just make it fun. Oh, eat the pawn here. Eat the, and then, oh, as long as a child has fun while they're playing, it'll be a positive experience for the rest of their life. Because it's still, even though as an adult who doesn't have much, I guess, association with chess, I look at it as scary. Like, I don't look at it necessarily oh, no, as a no, game no. because I feel like you have to be super smart to to be able to understand all the pieces going through it, which I know that makes you guys itch. But, I mean, some look at it as, ah, oh, I haven't learned now. It's not a game I can learn later in uh, life. It, but you could. I wouldn't be further yeah. from the truth. But that's the kids what just look at it as, you know, an opportunity, like a like any other mm-hmm. game, and can sort of really dive into it and start to utilize all kinds of areas of their brain mm-hmm. and skills, critical thinking, and all the but even sort of socially, things. right? It's an extremely powerful social tool. There's a lot of children who have a hard time learning the difference between the 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 fixed mindset of win loss. And growth mindset of maybe I lost the game, but what did I learn from it? And how can I get better? And and so you can start to teach a lot of sportsmanship and kids make friends. I mean, we've met so many kids who just haven't found their thing. And when they came to play chess, suddenly it was their thing. They don't have to be amazing and have this, you know, super record where they beat everyone. They just come to the chess club and they they discover friendships. And then as an adult, you know, I've actually I've actually experienced more um, fellowship and almost like fraternity in the chess community than in any other endeavor. People because look out for it, each other. Is it one of those games that, you know, and, and Chris, you may, because you did come into it as an adult, but it's like there's always something else to learn. There's always Definitely. another level to it. So it's Definitely. not like solitaire where you just win or, right. you know, like another game where you just win. There's always, you can sit and you can, the fellowship comes with talking about oh, yes. the round talking, and talking. talking. Once you know the yeah. language and, and kind of get your bearings on it and everything. And Strategies. I, tell, I think that was yeah, I tell younger players, kids that I talk to that don't try to learn it all at once. Take a piece of learn the basics. Once you learn the pieces, a little bit at a time, learn one strategy to go to another one. Just a little bit at a time. And before you know it, you'll know you actually know more than you actually think you do. Which is very little for me. So if you had someone who was like, man, you know, I just or maybe I was taught as a kid, but never thought about picking it back up as an adult or I've seen it because of all the awareness now. I feel like the Queen's Gambit has really sparked mm-hmm. interest. I even saw it on Netflix again. It's in the trending. Um, it's come sort of come back around unless there's another season to it that I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. But um, so how do people get in- into it? How do you where do you start? Uh, well, go ahead. Well, I mean, there's so many resources. Yeah. Uh, if, if they're looking for the in-person experience right now, the most active in-person experience is the Capital City Chess Club that meets Tuesday nights at the Pearl Outlet Mall Food Court. So that's a great place to just drop in, sit down, play a game, and and have someone talk with you. And that's really what advanced my chess knowledge. When when yeah. it, it, sitting down with an experienced player and talking is like downloading a chapter of a chess book. You know, it's it's it, there's just no faster way. Now you can get on almost any app. You know, uh, our our preferred that we recommend to people is lichess.org. It's an app and a website that you know is totally free. Every every aspect of it. There's chess.com that people know about, but you can you know go through different tabs on those websites. You know, learn and then you go through the pieces and the tactics and the strategies and things like that. You can there's YouTube videos. Yeah, I have I have some of my favorite YouTubers and my son has some of his favorite YouTubers that that talk chess mm-hmm. and um. 
uh, th- there's just an infinite number of resources. But if, if someone's looking right now to get plugged in, they can go on Facebook to the Capital City Chess Club, um, Mississippi, and, and look at our next few events. That are How coming. cool that you have that with your son. There's not oh. a lot of things. I know I, I feel like those, if you're outdoorsy or you're an outdoorsman or woman, you can share that with your youth at a young age and then have that in conversation. And sports also, I mm-hmm. feel like, is something that – but there's few things that uh, particularly in a, a parent and a child could both be competitive in um, you know, and, and still it, have the conversation. It's just funny that you mentioned that because we're actually centering our family vacation this summer around chess and me and my son being a team. We're going to Orlando to play in this massive chess tournament and he and I are going to be a two-person team. There's a special award for what they call the mixed doubles. So it's just it's interesting That's that you brought cool. that up. Yes. Yeah. So in the competitive part, if you are someone that was like, oh, I just don't want to sit around a table and play chess by myself or with one friend, I mean, if you wanted mm. to get into it, you got the chess bug, so to speak. Where, like, the sky's the limit. Like, where yeah. where can you, where do you go? That's kind of what Aaron, my son and I did when, I, when he introduced me in, to the game in eight, 2018, um, we wanted to you know share it with others, you know, and everything. So we, that's how we we started our club in Scott County on the premise of sharing the game with other people and bringing other more people into the game. And not long after that, I discovered the Capital City uh, Club with Beth, and and like Beth said, is this whole new world opened up? Uh, friendships I made across the state. Um, just last weekend, I had a, an appointment to play with a friend of mine in Vicksburg this past weekend. It's just no matter where you go, and the way it's growing, we got new a new club on the coast. The Coast Club is up and coming really strong, and so it's just there's so many more pl- ways to get involved. Because where I come from in Winona, and back even in the heyday of Bobby Fisher in the 70s, the only way you could learn chess back then is either someone show you or you learn out of a book. But now, like Beth said, you got the internet, you got so many resources and more people to show you how yeah. the game works. If, if you're someone like in the Delta right now listening or, or wherever, halfway between here and the coast, and you're just like, how can I start to play? The first, you just find a, a venue that would be willing to allow, and usually restaurants, you know, to a certain extent will love the fact that you would have a club that meets there and then people can eat. So the food courts are popular. But if it's, again, if it's, a, if you build it, they will come sort of thing. You know, if you say, well, I'm, you know, you get out on social media or whatever, and I'm going to be meeting here at this time and people can start coming. That's sort of how you can get it started. You know, Chris has been diligent about building up his club in Scott County and now it's, it's, it's blossoming. And so anyone who wants to play in person, they can either reach out to us for little pointers, but basically just if you build it, they will come. Yeah, same thing with the coast. Absolutely. And then you can build friendships, but there's also other good things that come with chess. We've got that and more with Chris and Beth coming up next. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget you can listen to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can also watch us. We are on computer or mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I'm not alone. We'll continue our chess chess conversation with Chris Baker. He's with the Scott County Chess Club, who's celebrating five years, Hi, right? Definitely. We got one on you here on Good Things. Yeah. We're celebrating six years of Good Things today. And we've got Beth, who is with Mississippi Chess, but you're also very passionate. You're vice president for? The Mississippi Scholastic Chess Association. Yes. So it's like, it's the slightly less prestigious kind of more Mickey Mouse let's have fun with the kids kind of organization you know Mississippi Chess Association they're like the prestigious they designate the official champions and things like that but Mississippi Scholastic Chess the MSCA has a lot more play in just throwing a bunch of fun events for kids but the problem that we have right now is like personnel Right. We don't, we, unfortunately, chess in Mississippi and, and most states is kind of a flash in the pan thing for kids. It's usually only available to kids that de- get designated as gifted or usually at private schools or it's very popular in the homeschool community. But in, in the public school realm, if I'm just the average kid and nobody's found me to be gifted, I usually don't get exposed to chess. And that's a tragedy. MSCA wants to change that. And so we're going to make a big push this next year to really expand scholastic chess. And the goal is every single school in Mississippi has a chess team or a chess club or something. But the bottleneck is going to be personnel. Um, Mississippi scholastic chess can compensate um, anyone who gets trained to be a tournament director because that's somebody who can hold a chess event at their school. Um we can compensate them because, you know, teachers usually are not going to be able to donate their time voluntarily. It's very rare. I, I did it, but, you know, it was a big drain. Um, so if we have if we have teachers that, you know, go out on a limb, even if you don't know how to play chess, you could still be a chess club sponsor. The biggest need is just an adult that's there. MSCA can provide resources, training, things like that for those teachers. But we need the boots on the ground, holding the clubs, um, willing to host events at their schools. Um, and then then the sky's the limit. What kind of time are we talking about in terms of holding the club? Because I know like some clubs meet once a week for a yeah. certain given time. Others, it's more intense during certain periods. Like how? I'm not going to say like what what little effort do we need to put in for it to be yeah, successful ex- but what little effort does, does exactly. one thing put like, in for I would, it to be I successful? I would say about the bare minimum is try to meet once a week after school if possible and that's where like the gifted programs have usually been the only because um, they already meet their, need, during yeah. the school day, yeah. So if if each school could just designate a you know a staff member, you're there, you're our chess club monitor. Then just get in contact with MSCA. We have endless resources. Um, we're a five hundred one c three organization that truly just about every single dollar goes directly to some kid playing chess. We, we don't have any paid staff members or anything like that. Um, we just pay people to host chess events. We uh, buy equipment to to get to schools. We pay for training and things like that. It, every dollar goes directly to kids playing chess. The problem is we're, we are our only funding. So when MSCA holds a chess event, we just take those registration fees and just roll it back directly into the program, which you know doesn't doesn't breed a lot of um, uh, growth unless more schools so are holding events. Holding events. Have we had any standout names in chess from Mississippi? Whether either from school, Chris, or just as an adult over the years, I don't make. We well, we got an international well. Adults, so, kids, so, all in the so above. Frank, Franklin County um, in Mississippi got a, they were on sixty minutes about seven or eight yeah. years ago because they have a huge grant. The Franklin County Schools in Mississippi got a huge grant. They opened a chess center. They put chess in the school. Every kid got exposed to chess, and they took a bunch of fourth and fifth graders to the Mississippi High School Championships and won. 
um, because they were able to f- directly fund a chess program for all the kids. Now, from that program, there's a young man named Benson Shexnedre who Glad has. you said it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a great, he's a wonderful kid, but he has now become a titled, what they call a, a candidate master player, and he's not yet graduated from high school. So he's, I don't think Mississippi has ever had a homegrown, homeborn master level player. Yet. So Benson would be mm. the first one. But again, from a program that had the umbrella effect, we're going to expose all children to chess. The problem is we don't have that kind of funding to do it across the state okay. and recreate it. But again, so we if, could have the next Bobby Fisher somewhere. Absolutely. You never know. You never absolutely. Know. You know, and I think uh, what stops maybe like a lot of parents from just, well, one, they're not interested in it or they don't understand it. And you don't know what you don't know to to um, get your kids exposed to. But then you wonder, is there a future in it in terms of like with scholarships or sort of all of that? But I think parents miss the opportunity of all the other positive things oh, chess yes. provides a kid. Yeah, so mean, from your own experience, both of you have yeah, children who are interested in chess. Definitely. I mean, it, it teaches you skills that can overlap in all facets of your rest of your life. Problem solving skills help you with reading, math. I mean, there's it's endless and in, of the ways it, it exercises your mind. And, of course, with the child, they soak it up quicker oh, yeah. and they're just a sponge for it. And so they uh, they they have that advantage over an adult that might take a little bit longer to learn the game, but it's still possible. But uh, it's just all the things they can do for you in your whole life, not just not just yeah, the game. Th- there's a saying: it's not how good a child is at chess; it's how good chess is for a child. Generally speaking, I, when I teach a child chess, I really don't care if they ever become a champion. It's kind of weird to say, but I don't care. I just want them to fall in love with the game so that the game can be good for them throughout their life. Because it's something you can do forever. Yeah. Like, like even my, yeah. my daughter, I have a son and a daughter. My son is extremely good at the game. He's having a lot of success. My daughter, you know, she played a little bit, but she's not super serious. But one of the best experiences she ever had, and it, it's weird, but was being bullied. You know, as a homeschool kid, you don't really end up getting bull- bullied a lot, right? So, her siblings? So, well, you know, but so being exposed to a bullying experience and having her able to grow, you know, as a girl in chess, as a little kid, she would sit down to a, at a chess tournament and some of the little boys would be like, oh, your rating is only, yeah, I'm going to beat you. And, I'm, and they would kind of push her around a little bit. And, and I thought that was good for her in the sense that it gave her a chance to grow and gave her a chance to kind of, you know, toughen up a little bit and, and learn that that stuff is out there, but in a controlled environment. And so she competed in chess tournaments a little bit. And after, after a while, after a couple of years, she finally won a trophy over the boys and she realized she could do it you know and since then she's she's only played casually but she was able to realize that she could stand up for herself intellectually socially whatever through the game of chess i love that and you're also uh, beth hosting some chess camps for kids this summer what does that look like yes ma'am so uh we have a chess camp coming up this june the second week in june and the second week in july at dog mud tavern in uh ridgeland mississippi which is uh, a really cool game uh board game uh themed restaurant it's right there by um north park mall and so they are graciously hosting these four-day chess camps where kids can come any skill level. They may not know how to play the game at all. They may have a little experience. Maybe they've won their school tournament and they want to get better. Um, you can find those on Facebook or on the national uschess.org site looking for places to play or just on Facebook if you look up Dog Mud Tavern um, chess camps. So the kids will come. They'll learn. That, you know, We'll have everything from art to to you know um speed competitions with not even just um playing the game but like checkmates who can checkmate fastest and things like that um and then the last the last day of the camps both um thursdays 
of the camps are open to anyone to come and play in the tournament. So there'll be a tournament on the last yeah. day. I also, my, uh, I have a website, scottcountychesclub.org. Uh, I, I list all the things going on across the state, not just our club, but I, I made our website in such a way that's co- uh, comprehensive for the whole game in Mississippi. So I list all kinds of events on there uh, that people can find out about. Which I encourage them to do. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I got to get my daughter a chessboard. But uh, but you mentioned the master something another. How do you get there? You said someone from Mississippi has never made it to the master level. I know about master gardeners, yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> so you have to you have to get your chess rate rating. Your chess rating is like a number associated with your chess play. It's like your chess score. Like how good are you at the game? And so you you pretty much you have to be able to travel outside of the state of Mississippi and play and compete because there's just not enough high level players within the state of Mississippi. So someone like Benson um, was able to travel around, play, and when you win enough games and your rating becomes high enough, um, you can begin to compete in tournaments that are called norms. And don't ask me about the math about what determines if something is a norm or not. But if you can play in a norm tournament, again, where there's enough high-level players and you win enough games in those norms, you can begin to achieve um, what they call titles. So candidate master, national master, international master, and then the coveted grand master, which is so rare. Is there, is there like one a year mm-hmm. or is it like anybody I, can sort of – it's like black belt. You just have to earn it, your way Yeah, if it. you can find the norms, you can pretty much do it mm-hmm. whenever you're ready, whenever your rating has achieved a high enough level. Mississippi does have an international master uh, – in our in our state, they just weren't cornbread fed. No, no, nah, he's from he's from Canada. He's a great guy named uh, Dave Ross, international master Dave Ross, and he's he's one of the best minds that we have here to to share his knowledge. Well, if uh, if everyone has um, been inspired to at least dust off their chessboard yes. or to get back into the game at some kind, Beth, for you, where where's the best place to go? The, the Capital City Chess Club uh, that meets Tuesday nights at the Pearl Outlet Mall food court. If you just want to sit down and start meeting people and playing, that's it. If you want to start your own club because you don't live near Pearl, connect with us on Facebook uh, on the Capital City Chess Club and we will we will give you the advice it takes and, to start your own. And Chris, your website? scottcountychessclub.org Alrighty, I feel like we'll see you guys next year and we'll keep this conversation going. You'll have to bring in a kid next time. Oh, yeah. yes. That would oh. be great. <laughs> Alright, you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget you can watch Good Things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. Many of you watched our next guest on season 23 of The Voice, Miss Holly Brand. Remember, she made it top eight, and she ain't down and out. She's up and coming and still up to some good things. Hey, Holly. Hey, how are you doing today? Doing well. It feels like just yesterday, which I'm sure it feels like a whirlwind to you, that we we had you on Good Things talking about the excitement with The Voice. Now you're back home and sort of that chapter has closed. But how does it feel to now sort of have had a breath and reflecting on everything that happened? It's honestly just been just an absolute whirlwind. I feel like everything kind of happened overnight. Um, you know, I've really been working with The Voice for about a year now. Um, and if you would have told me that I would have made it to this live semifinals on Team Kelly this time last year as I was doing, like, my first interviews with casting producers, I probably would not have believed you. But, you know, it's just been so incredible, and I've been so appreciative of just all the support of not only the entire state of Mississippi, but just my hometown and, you know, the people that I Love and call family, so I've just been really, really blessed, honestly, to have this experience and to have the support system. Which, you know, it still is a game show, so or I guess a challenge or a game or competition is a better word for it, so there's only can be one winner. But one thing I've learned talking to all of you contestants on the different sort of platforms, each time you just advance, you're genuinely surprised. And so it's almost like, yeah, there's a sense of disappointment because, yeah, everybody gets into a competition they would love to win, but you guys really seem to excel and live in that moment because you never know it's going to end for everybody else other than one how did that sort of relate as you sort of went up to also your time on the stage for Miss Mississippi yeah I mean when you're in a competition environment of course you want to win Um, I think everybody would, would love to win and would love to have that experience but you know it's one of those things where with the voice you don't have to win the show to really win if that makes sense like you you gain something from competing, you know, to be on The Voice, to be able to have that many performances on national television, that's a lot of exposure. And now I've kind of gained a following and a fan base, if you will. And to be able to work with somebody like Kelly Clarkson and to now have that connection, like that's a win in and of itself. So you really don't have to be named the winner to gain something. And Miss America and Miss Mississippi, it's the same thing. If you don't win the crown, you still walk away with something, whether it's a new skill, um, scholarship dollars to pursue your education, a new friendship. There's always something to gain, even if you're not named the winner. I love that, which which encourages us all to still just, you know, get on that path, take the risk. You know, even if you don't come out the full winner, there's so many things you can learn and gain throughout the entire journey. But you did journey back home to Meridian, Mississippi. I know opened arms and welcomed you back, or maybe you're not in Meridian, but that's hometown for you. Um, what's it been like since you've been home? It's been amazing. You know, I, of course, was just a little bit disappointed to not make it to the finale, as I think anybody would be. Um and when I came home the next day, people in the airport were stopping me and talking to me about the show and um, how proud they were of me. And I got to take a bunch of pictures. And, you know, since I've been back home working in the boutique, I've been able to sign some autographs. So <laughs> that's been really cool. But really just the support has been overwhelming in such a positive way. And that's really all that you can hope for in a situation like this to, to, be, to come back home from that and to have, you know, your entire community just 
to be so proud of you. I mean, it's really all all that you could ask for. So what's next for you, Holly? Is there a single or a pursuing music in a different way in the works for you or maybe using this new platform and creative moment to, to take a different direction? You know, right now I'm just really soaking everything in and I'm allowing myself to, to take a breather <laughs> for a minute. But, you know, yeah, the plan is to pursue music full time, hopefully in Nashville. But, you know, I'm really praying about it and ensuring that um, I'm following what the Lord has for me. And I know that that's music, but have some opportunities um, that I'm really excited to pursue. And I can't wait to tell everybody about it. Well, I hope Good Things is one of the first places you do that. I would like to Absolutely. say you need to start a boot brand. I don't know how you do that or what you what would be in the, you know, in the works for that. But I feel like every night you got on the stage there, whether it was live or not on The Voice, you know, your fashion was on point. I always thought, well, what cute boots she has on. And I probably would never <laughs> wear them in real life. But <laughs> but I feel like oh, yeah. she needs I wear a boot brand. All yeah. the time. It's kind of like my thing. <laughs> Well, you just tuck that in the back of your, you know, your head there. And when it happens, you know, I just want the first pair, right? Like, I just need a free pair of boots from the Holly brand. (laughs) Boot brand for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you talk about when I think about all the different singing competitions out there, it does feel like the voice is one that does a better job of developing their artists as part of the process than some of the others. And I mean, that's just my limited knowledge from watching. Do you feel like any of your, I guess, uh, perspectives on what genre or your style of music, has any of that changed or evolved since going through and being coached by Kelly? Or is it just sort of reinforced what you knew when you stepped on the stage for the first time? Honestly, I think it's a mix of both. You know, I've always been drawn to country music. That's what I grew up on. I grew up on country and also Christian music as well, um, because I grew up in church. And that's the first place that I ever sang at was in church. Um, And I was really grateful that during my time on the show, I was able to stay true to my values and what was important to me. But at the same time, working with somebody like Kelly, she really did change my perspective and helped me trust myself a little bit more. Um, And she helped me realize, you know, my voice. That was something that I didn't really have a ton of confidence in. Um, I've always loved singing and always wanted to do the voice, but really struggled with not feeling like I was good enough to do something like that. And so working with Kelly has really boosted my confidence a lot and helps me get a new perspective of when I'm on stage, when I'm performing, just to not think too much about it, just to do what I've practiced, kind of like muscle memory, and really just to go for it and have a good time and really just to try new things. You know, throughout the show, she really pushed me outside of my comfort zone and to try things that I did not think that I was capable of. But she believed in me probably before I believed in myself. Um, and that's something that I definitely want to take with me in country music or Christian music, whichever one I end up pursuing. Uh, will there be a time where we will get to see you back on any stage, local stage here in Mississippi, or any anything in the future? Oh, yeah. I'm getting booked for a lot of gigs right now, which is really exciting, and I'm getting a band together. So there's a lot of things coming up in the works that I'm really excited about, lots of performances back home in Mississippi, um, and, and, and other places too. So I'm really, really excited for everything that's 
that's coming from the show and really just this season of life that I'm in right now. It's really, really cool. Well, at one point in time, June was a big month for you, and it's still a big month for many girls who will be headed to Vicksburg. It's Miss Mississippi month. I think it's June. I hope it's June. I, I feel like it's June. It is. <laughs> and I was like, I've been doing this long enough. I, I'm pretty sure it's June. So um, will you be spending any time as they crown the next Miss Mississippi or see or ha- still have connections with the organization? Absolutely. Being Miss Mississippi really prepared me for my career in music and a competition like The Voice, and I don't think that I would be where I am without it. So um, I do have some gigs next week, but I'm very excited to be back in Vicksburg for the final night for the crowning of the new Miss Mississippi. And, you know, I love my Vicksburg family, and they mean so much to me, and I'm really excited just to spend some time with them and my former Miss Mississippi sisters and to welcome a new girl into the sisterhood. How will it be? How will it feel to be going to a major competition but not having to get up on the stage and sort of perform? You actually get to be a spectator this time. I think this time I'll be able to go and just really just enjoy it <laughs> and not have to worry about anything, not have to worry about competing, but just to go and just, just to relax and to support. You know, it's really important when you're in an environment like that, if you're in the audience, to show that support and to make the person on stage feel comfortable. Um, and so I'm really excited to have to be on the other side of things this time, just to go and just to cheer every single girl on. And what would be your advice to those that may be headed to Vicksburg? And uh, we've got lots of the contenders who have been, um, you know, guests here on Good Things and who are fans of the show. What would be your last minute advice as a former Miss Mississippian to for for the day for the big week? Oh, it's really a week. It's a it's a culmination of smaller uh, competitions. Yeah, there's there's lots of things that I could say um, going into Miss Mississippi Week, but I think. I think the main thing for me is something that I wish that I would have done the year that I won Miss Mississippi was just to soak in every single moment. And I know that that sounds cliche because I feel like pageant girls hear that a lot, just to just enjoy it, just soak it all in. It's hard to do that when you've been preparing for something for months and you envision it going a certain way and you want it to go a certain way, but you're nervous because... You know, a lot of things could go wrong, and so you've kind of built this thing up in your head for so long, and you've been preparing, and you want it to go a certain way. It's really hard to just to relax and just to enjoy it and not not worry about things. Um, Really just take the time in the dressing room and the the downtime that you have. Get to know the girls that you're competing with. Um, These are people that that you're going to be friends with for the rest of your life. I mean, the maid of honor in my wedding is actually somebody that I – met through through pageantry Uh, so you never know who you're going to meet and what you're going to gain from this experience even if you don't win and so the best advice that I could give is just you know try try not to worry too much trust yourself trust your preparation you've got this and just enjoy every single moment because there's only one time that you're going to be able to be involved in something like Miss Mississippi as a competitor. Well, Holly Brand, I appreciate your time here. Everybody go follow her. Stay up to date. You're welcome back anytime. And thank you, girl. Thank you so much. Good talking to you. All right. Stick with us. More up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Six years later and I still can't dance. (laughs) Don't think it's going to ever change. 
some things you just can't teach an old dog. And that's rhythm. <laughs> how to sing, how to dance. Oh, no, some of our past good things guests would say, oh, no, 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 I can totally do that. And I'm like, mm, but can you, though? And you just need one of those those fold-out mats you lay on the ground with the footprints on it. Remember seeing those in the cartoons? Yes, that would like sort of teach you how to how to do that. The thing is, though, I was terrible at Twister, so I or still am terrible at Twister, which that in and of itself would be entertainment enough to sort of watch a game of Twister. When's the last time you played Twister? It was been years, years ago. Years. Years ago. I do not. I do not recommend that if you have hip or knee issues or lower back pain. Leave that for. The younger folks. But Even if you have been imbibing, you, just because you think you can doesn't, doesn't mean you mean, won't pay for it. Or that you or that you should. Let's just put it put it that way. No, if you're just tuning in, though, to good things, it is our six-year anniversary. Last year, we made a big to-do about five. and I still got the five in my office back still there. Still got the five in our office, and they surprised us with uh, helping us celebrate the fact that it's six. And so it's crazy when you think about it numbers. That's like 1,500 hours that we have hung out with you on the daily, at least Monday through Friday, uh, from five from five to six. Nope, that's not us. From <laughs> from two to three um, every day. We're still hanging out with you in spirit. In from spirit, five to six. maybe you're listening to us in podcast form between those hours. We're not mad at you that you mentioned which podcasting came in later. It hadn't been here the whole six years, but there's roughly over six hundred different podcast episodes. Um, out there from from good things, so there's not a an excuse to ever sort of miss one. But it's man, it's sort of been it's been a been a wild ride. And there are 777 good things with Rebecca Turner YouTube videos wait, on the YouTube. 777, really? That's like I just checked. I'm looking at it right now. Unique, like we should go buy a lottery ticket or something. That feels like that's a jackpot kind of. Uh, scenario or or number that's nuts if you would have told me six years ago could you come up with 15,000 hours of things to talk about or 15,000 it feels like 15,000 1500 I would still have croaked and probably ran but you gave me the best advice when we first started you said just treat it like you're up to bat just walk up there and focus on that pitch and it's served us well for 1561 total well i say episodes but total whatever considering how long i've been doing the radio thing now that we've hit six years on good things it finally caught up to i've been doing good things half the time i've been on the radio ah okay well we got to hang in there and sort of over on that we also have an expanding family over on the good things facebook group please do not get facebook just to join our group your life is better without it but if you have succumbed to <laughs> the peer pressure of being on the book of faces then um yeah we would love to have you there we post um we try to carry over the things that we talk about here and some of some of the headlines we don't always make it to um get shared there but it's all positive uplifting fun funny or it's soul-searching questions of the day. And if you've been around long enough, you know that I am joking. <laughs> All of life's toughest questions. All of life's toughest questions. We like to think we are definitely your happy hour for a reason. And what do you do when you go to happy hour? You want to lay down the load of the rest of the day or the week, and you want to avoid the real elephants <laughs> or donkeys in the room. And focus on lighter things. Like, life. why do we 
park on driveways and drive on parkways. Why does your nose run and your feet smell? I don't know. And why doesn't Tarzan have a beard? I, you know, that's all these things that we wish we could we could t- totally uh, figure out for sure. And Ray in Long, Long Beach, I appreciate your congratulations. And it's Darren and Jackson, though. He said he was going to have a happy hour martini this afternoon and toast to good things. So I appreciate that. And if I was with you, da- Darren and Jackson, I'd ask you to get extra olives and give me two. I don't like martinis, but I really appreciate the olives that have been in the martini. Maybe you just haven't had a dirty enough martini. See, I'm more of a Bloody Mary kind of girl, but I really feel like the Bloody Mary is just the bath for all the good things that they put into it. Nobody really likes drinking. It's booze soup. It's what? Booze soup. I've never heard of it that way. (laughs) I just like all of the okra and the pickles and the um, olives and the celery and And the pizza slice and and the donut and all all the other crazy stuff. All the other crazy stuff that they just sort of pour in there to me. Yes. And if I, when I retire, if I just go on a, I guess a, what do you call it? Like a trip around? I would love to go on a Bloody Mary tour. Like hit up all the sort of spots for that. It's the only beverage that can also be a meal. I feel like. It's booze soup. Yes. I'll take it. It's soup. It's good for the spirit, right? So is good things. Thank you all for helping us celebrate. Remember the party's never over on the Good Things Facebook group. Stick with us, though. you got Sports Talk Mississippi coming up next from 3 to 6. But Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2 to start your 7. Um, but until then, take time for the good things. Mississippi Media Production.